can we think outside of country borders and go more human level? Internet is global. It has no borders. Like you can connect with people from all over the place. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the X agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 72, and today we're chatting with Cassandra from The Quirky Pineapple. One listen to Cassandra's TED Talk, and we were hooked. She is a first-generation Vietnamese-American immigrant living in Spain, as if that wasn't impressive enough. She is an absolute wealth of knowledge on how brands, businesses, and thought leaders can share their message loud and proud while being inclusive and rallying their community. The first question Court and I asked ourselves was, are we being inclusive? Is our marketing off-putting for certain individuals and multicultural audiences? It was a real vulnerable moment for us to address our own ignorances and make some changes in how we show up. And we are so excited for you to listen to Cassandra's story and her actionable tips to make sure you are being culturally aware in your own marketing. So let's jump right in. Hello, Cassandra. Thank you so much for being on the Duo On Air podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we loved when your inquiry came through to be on the podcast. And the very first thing I did, I feel like, was go listen to your TED Talk because it was so powerful. So I would love if you could just share with our audience like the cliff note version of you and your story and kind of just where you got to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, so that TED Talk was in December of 2021. And in it, I talked um, about a, a lot lot of things, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I shared a little bit about my parents' immigration story. So they came to the United States in the 80s from Vietnam after the Vietnam War. And they basically, I guess, grew up uh, in the United States. They came when they were teenagers. And they had a business that they ran together for over 20 years. And in the TED Talk, I talked also about my journey being an immigrant. So I'm originally from Virginia, but recording this actually in a hotel room in the south of Spain right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, originally from Virginia, came to Spain in 2014, uh, fell in love abroad, and then decided to move here permanently. I started my business here as well. So talked a lot about that. I feel like this is like super cliff notes because people who are going to be listening, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> no, we so, will yeah, totally. After, it's just going to be like exciting for them to then go watch the oh, TED Talk right absolutely. afterwards. So oh, yeah. we'll make sure to include that in the show notes so yes. everyone can go watch it. Awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, after I did that, I started my business and now live here permanently with my partner. And I run the Quirky Pineapple Studio, which is a brand strategy and content marketing studio and run a location independent business. I spend most of my time here in Spain and then will travel back to the United States to see family and then 
host events and do things, meet clients, live life. I apparently a lot of friends are getting married this year. So I'm <laughs> going back for a lot of weddings. So there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Right. That season is, yeah. When a bunch of weddings pop up and that season of life, it's like intense and yeah, exhausting at the same time. <laughs> It is. It's a lot of fun, but I honestly didn't realize how exhausting it could be. I was like, wow, there's a lot yeah. of like events yeah. aside from the actual big day. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. For that real. surround it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so how did, what inspired you to get into marketing? Like, did you always know that that was kind of the avenue you wanted to go in or did that just, is did something inspire you to do so? Uh, great question. So I actually didn't want to be a marketer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought when I went to college that marketing was for people who were like sleazy. Um, they basically forced people to buy stuff mm -hmm. that they didn't really need to buy. So I thought I never want to be a marketer. And I went in for communications, actually. Uh, I wanted to be an event planner, like work in PR. Um, and then after a drunken house party night. Yeah, um, I met somebody and they were just talking to me and asking me like, oh, what are you studying? I told them communications, told them my goals. And they were like, I don't think you're studying the right thing. I was like, oh, do tell me more. Um, <laughs> and they actually recommended that I study hospitality management instead. So I, I studied hospitality management with the goal to run a hotel or get into events. And then after graduating, realized you sell your soul to the hotels uh, because you don't have your holidays and you don't have your weekends. You basically work really long hours. Um, so I saw my friends doing that and thought to myself, let's not, and I'll take a gap year. Um, and in that gap year, I taught English abroad in Spain, uh, had a blog on the side where it was a travel blog. I talked about what it was like to live abroad what it was like to travel, what it was like to be Asian American abroad. And then that's kind of how I got into marketing because I was creating content all the time. Um, I kind of realized, oh, I'm really good at content marketing. And then from there, it kind of just snowballed into what it is today. And yeah, we've been in business now for five years. So yay. <laughs> That's an amazing story. It's yeah. like, it was like totally meant to be. It just, all the pieces just kind of fell together and it kind of just took this organic approach and now you are where you are. That's, mm -hmm. that's so, incredible. I mean, it looks yeah. that way now too. I also think that's so interesting. It's like a lot of people feel like I'm sure in that journey too, of like getting to where you wanted to go, you felt lost of like, I don't know what I'm doing next, or I don't like what I'm doing now. And I need to figure out something. And it never feels like a journey that ends up being organic. And like, now that you've made it to like what you really love doing, you can look back and say, oh, everything worked out perfectly. But in the moment, sometimes it's so hard to see yeah. that. In the moment, it's chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it totally is. And I'm sure my parents at the same time were like, what are you doing? And I, was like, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. it's going to work. <laughs> they were like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, right. For real. Um, so you say something on your website that like definitely caught our attention and 
honestly made us just like question what we're doing in our own business too. And so you talked about how like as business owners, not even just as like us being in marketing, but just as business owners in general, we're so consumed and surrounded by US centered marketing tactics that we likely don't even realize that there's other ways. And like you even said it a little bit of like, I didn't want to go into marketing. It seems sleazy. People selling you things that you didn't need. Can you help just like explain a little bit more of like what we might be blind to in the U.S., like running businesses here? Yeah. Um, so I think it is twofold. Um, I think within like larger corporations who have like international talent, it's one thing. And then also in the online business space, it's a whole other thing. So coming from the United States and living in Spain and kind of like trying to make a name for myself as a brand strategist and like a content marketer, um, well, most people didn't give me like the time of day because you won't won't see me. But when you see the picture of me uh, on <laughs> this podcast, I don't necessarily look what people would consider to be a quote unquote like typical American. So when you say like, if you're from the United States and Spain, most people are thinking that you're a white person. Um, I'm not white. So I am Vietnamese American and they totally just like looked over me. And when I came here and started saying like, I work in marketing and I'm from the United States, um, I mentioned this in my TED talk. Um, then people kind of started paying attention because they were like, oh, anything from the United States is cool. Uh, we want to buy stuff from the United States because like the U S basically runs the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, or it forces itself to run the world. It seems, that. it seems that way. Yeah. It's portrayed that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's true, but yeah, yes. it's definitely portrayed that way. Yeah. Yes. So then I realized, Oh, people want to work with me because I'm from the U S and I started talking about like, marketing because that's what people wanted of course um but i didn't realize that like a lot of the culture within the us which is really based on like capitalism uh this is getting really theoretical now but uh a lot of it is based on capitalism and taking that into a country like spain where it is capitalist but with like socialist tendencies uh the same like marketing techniques or sales techniques won't work because you have to take into account, one, the culture here, um, the spending power that people have, and what people actually value to like pay for. So like in the United States, we don't have a lot of time to do stuff because everybody's just going, going, going. Um, a lot of the times when we market, we always say like, it'll save you time. Like we can help you with this, 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 because you can get your time back. You can do this instead. Uh, whereas if I use that same marketing technique in Spain, it doesn't necessarily work because, well, they have time to them is not necessarily valued in the same way. So you have to kind of find, I guess, the cultural context within the marketing. And what was happening was I, I worked with a lot of clients who bought courses from like, you know, those big name marketers like Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher, um, all of those people. And these are people who live abroad. Like my clients are from the US and sometimes they're not. So they live in Europe and all of that stuff. And they were basically being taught these like cookie cutter marketing funnels, sales funnels, uh, sales strategies, and copying and pasting them into the country and culture that they live in. 
And it was confusing for everybody because they were like, I'm not getting the results. My clients or my audience are getting confused. I don't know what's going on. Um, and it was because they were kind of just taking US-centered marketing and trying to put it into the country and culture that they were living in or are living in. Yeah. yeah. That's so, it's just yeah. fascinating to hear, you know, that they were even just like, oh my gosh, you're from the US. Okay. Like we have to adapt like what you're doing from a marketing perspective. And it's funny listening to you say stuff about like time too, because here in the US, time is money, essentially. It's a currency mm -hmm. and people will buy that. If you say, yeah, I'll give you X amount of hours in the day, they're like, deal done. But it's fascinating just to hear that like, Obviously not everybody is like that. Not every culture, not every country, not every location around the world is like that. So if you try to sell them that it's not going to work, like yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. We breed, I feel like the United States breeds like workaholics, like absolutely. nonstop, yeah. like our priorities are so crazy. Like I am absolutely trying to like navigate this myself because I know I do that. Like I absolutely know I will never shut it down and like actually having priorities in place. I think that is one thing that our, like the United States culture does not do very well. We don't prioritize mm -hmm. the right things no. and you are rewarded from like a cultural standpoint of doing everything and doing more. Like you get rewarded constantly for the more you do, the more you make, the more you scale. Um, and so, yeah, it's just so interesting because that isn't going to resonate everywhere because there are other countries who do have their priorities probably a little bit straighter than ours. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. It's, it's interesting that you brought that up because like, I mean, even here, when you take like us centered marketing and put it into another country, what happens is like, you're basically teaching that cult, like that type of culture to a different like country location, which ends up creating like this hierarchy of okay which culture is better um oh i'm gonna prioritize like this 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 because the u.s says so or it could it doesn't have to be the united states it could be like i don't know another country um but then it creates this hierarchy of okay i call it cultural imperialism that's a very strong word but um it kind of is because then people are saying oh well the united states said this is important so i'm gonna say this is important too and then it shifts because now somebody from a different country, a different culture could prioritize something that was basically forced onto them without them knowing. And then it changes the structure because within the economy, within like their own systems, uh, within their own culture, their traditions or whatever, it doesn't necessarily support it because mm -hmm. they have different ways of being. So it's, it's weird because now you have like this conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was going to be my next question for you is, is there a solution is there a solution to like so like you said for example using the example of like um i'll help give you back your time so like finding a different benefit or selling point is there a solution that you found for your clients that works on a global scale or when you take that and like this is just my probably a little bit of my ignorance even like showing just in general of like so when you take that and you say like, okay, now I'm not going to do the like U.S. cultural sales centered like tactics of like, here's what I'm selling you, but I'm going to take a more global approach. Does that still resonate then with U.S., like the your U.S. consumers or would it fall flat in the U.S.? Like, is it a give take? Do you have to pick one mm. or can you find something on a global scale? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I would bounce a question back to you yes, both please. and say um well 
can we think outside of country borders and go more human level? Um, so this is more thinking like actual values. Uh, I could say that I value, I don't know, giving back um, or I value rest. And I can dive really deep into my marketing message using like giving back and rest. And that can be global because now it goes to the individual, not instead of thinking like country terms, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, when somebody who kind of values rest from Germany could be like, oh, I really love that. And then somebody from, I don't know, Seattle could be like, oh, I really love that too. And they could both end up being like our client, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You're getting down to the individual versus like the actual country. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's so important. And I think that's something that actually probably in the US, we don't, we don't prioritize mm -hmm. that. We think yeah. of the business and how to push that forward and what that looks like and what are the values of that. But we don't actually sit down and kind of dissect like, okay, but you are the business. You are the one running the business. So you mm -hmm. as an individual, you know, what do you value and how can we help you achieve yeah. that through your business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I mean, thinking about it in online business terms, like mm, if you're online business, your clients could come from anywhere because Absolutely. internet is global. It has no borders. Like you can connect with people from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be only somebody from the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and people, we talk about that all the time. Like the world of digital entrepreneurship, you are now open to the world, to serving the world, but it's so cool. You so quickly, like you just pointed out, you so quickly forget that you actually aren't serving the world when you aren't thinking about what your benefit is outside of just like what's happening in your world and what you're mm -hmm. used to and actually doing the work to like sit down and say like, here's all of my offers. Here's all the services I have. Here's all the products I have. What's the human benefit? Like, I love that you said that of like, what's the human benefit to this? Not the like, I don't know, surface level benefit of saving time, making more money, scaling, like what else? Yeah. Because there is, everyone is doing that. Everyone is trying to give offers that do that, but that's not going to resonate with everyone. You need to kind of get to that human benefit of what you're offering. Yeah. I also think too, it kind of puts people's mind, like you hear it all the time, like save, you know, save time, save money, or like, we're going to help you save time by doing these tactics or whatnot. And I think it just gets kind of so ingrained into us that that's what we've been told over and over again from a marketing perspective that we're like, oh, okay, I have to save time. Like you don't actually maybe necessarily sit down as an individual and be like, what, what does that actually mean? Or like, do I really need to save time or do I need to focus more on rest? Like what mm -hmm. is that? Because I think in the U.S., we're so fast-paced that we don't actually sit down to take that time to think about what we need from that human level. Mm -hmm. And I bet mm -hmm. you, if you were to ask anyone, okay, what are you going to do with that time you saved from the tool or the service or the product you bought? They would tell you that they would get more done. Yeah. They wouldn't oh, tell yeah. you that <laughs> they're going to rest. But inside, does that rest resonate more? Absolutely. Like that is a dream, right? But in reality, like we save the time to do more things and then we never feel the actual thing that we want to feel. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It really is. It's a vicious. It's like yeah. it's a whole cycle. I get it. Yeah. For real. 
Okay. So tell us a little bit of like what some of the other big mistakes you see out in the world of business, like just not being cultural, culturally aware. Like, I feel like we've used this one example a little bit, but are there anything else that you've seen kind of out there just in terms of whether it be like big businesses and like agencies or like more smaller businesses in the world of entrepreneurship? Um, so I guess the big businesses is easy because they're working mm -hmm. with like super large ad agencies. Um, and sometimes they want to translate certain things. Uh, so they try and translate something cute to, I don't know, another language or something like that. Um, if you're not working with people, I think who are from that country culture, uh, who understand like the cultural nuances of language, I feel like they kind of miss the mark. So one example that comes to mind is, I think it was like, I don't know if it was Target or Kmart or Walmart or something of that type of, you know, large department store. Um, I guess they wanted to appeal to their Spanglish clientele and they wanted to do something around. Yeah, y'all are both like, yeah, oh, I'm gosh, a little worried for what's about to happen out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so they wanted to do something around yoga and like, the word uh and yoga or rest and mother's day um and they wanted i guess to use the phrase namaste but they wanted to tie in mothers so they wrote mamaste which <laughs> i hope this is okay to say on this podcast oh, please, yeah. please yeah okay because yeah. mamaste basically has two types of meanings in spanish i mean one is just like sucking on something and then the cultural <laughs> context is as you can imagine sucking on something wow um, and that's what they used to oh, no. market I don't know like Mother's Day apparel and like merchandising for people and I just remember seeing that on like a Twitter thread and I just thought oh no you're like, oh no, yeah. this is going to backfire and blow up in their face. Right. But yeah, it's, oh it was hilarious, but that's, oh, yeah. like, you know, that, that's a, it gets an you PR, but not the right yeah. kind of PR you wanted. I'm right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like one big one. Um, and then I think on just like a smaller scale, I, it probably goes more into like the people that you work with because of online business and small business owners, like, you know, we work a little bit more directly with the people that make decisions. We work directly with like our clients. We don't have to go through, I don't know, like five different stakeholders or decision makers. Mm -hmm. um, I think not being culturally aware kind of forces people to almost adapt, um, I guess, like things that don't necessarily fit into how they would act or it kind of like negates parts of their identity. And this requires people to also be a little bit more self-aware. So, I mean, I can't be like, you know, it's every business owner's fault that we accidentally make people feel like they don't belong, but it could be, you know, give or take both like a two-way street. I think that's what happens. Like we end up kind of shutting out other identities because we're just like, oh yeah, like, this is the whole thing. Um, we're going to act like this. This is how you do stuff. And it doesn't give people, I guess, like nuance to see, you know, there are other ways. Or maybe pick and choose. Um, or maybe you can be a different way. You can be a different type of marketer. You can be a different type of business owner. I think that's where not being culturally aware kind of comes in, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like sure. I kind of just like talked a lot. <laughs> 
No, no. I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. Do you have like anything in terms of like questions? Because I also think like, this is something too, where people probably don't even, I mean, it's not, it's not right by any means, but people probably don't even realize that they are excluding, right? Like a whole slew of people because of what they're doing. Like, how can, like, are there questions or things that we can like ask ourselves as business owners to be like, okay, am I doing this in the, like, how can I be more culturally aware? Like what questions should I be asking myself to make sure that I'm like doing and making the progress that I want to be making? Yeah. Um, Disclaimer for anybody else listening. I don't think you can always be culturally aware. I mean, I'm sure I do things that people are like, questionable Cassandra I'm like uh, learning it's a, it's a <laughs> yeah that's a big it's a it's very a, broad yeah, yeah that's like a very big goal and we're all human at the end of the day too right like we're, we're all gonna, gonna make, make mistakes. mistakes we're all gonna do things and I think that transparency and authenticity definitely comes in but there are probably like things that there are simple things right that mm-hmm. even like we might not even realize it too yeah um okay so I guess first thing that I can think of is probably deciding what your if you are a personal brand or business, whatever, um, what your values are, and then actually defining those values. Um, I like to approach it in two ways. So one is like defining that value. A lot of the times when clients come to us, they ask us like, or they tell us kindness is a value. And to me, I'm like, that's great. (laughs) What does that actually look like in your business? Yes. And in your life. Um, so then actually defining what that value looks like, what that value is, how people can live that value out, I think is super helpful because instead of just being like kindness to the whole world, um, you could be like, well, kindness means having an open mind and approaching things with curiosity. That is like a way clearer explanation than just being like, oh yeah, be kind. Um, that's one. Another one is when writing your values, I like to to write them in ing format so instead of just saying kindness um i would say something like being kind because to me that helps to kind of like embody that value so somebody can actually imagine them taking action doing it instead of just kind of like being well being yeah. kind is what i just said before so instead right. of just kind it, it falls more yeah. flat when it's just kind yeah but when you say being kind it kind yes. of like puts it into you like you, yeah. you are actually trying to be kind like I think that will that. resonate with so many we live in Minnesota and I think that will resonate with so many Minnesotans because the Midwest passive aggressiveness is real it's strong and you can oh, really? sound kind and be kind are like two very different things oh, yes. like very different oh, things so I think that that will resonate That's with so any funny. Midwestern. Well, I hope so anyways. I feel like that happens in the East Coast. Um, I don't know if East, because I'm from like Northern Virginia, right outside mm-hmm. of Washington, D.C. And that area, I don't know if kind is really in their vocabulary. <laughs> I'm thinking, they're like, I mean, think about it. Most of them are consultants at like Deloitte, Booz Allen, KPMG, uh, Accenture, you know, like those large consulting firms. Most of them mm-hmm. are also trying to be on like Capitol Hill. So I'm imagining, gosh, what the culture is like over there. Not really 
Right. Oh yeah. East coast definitely has more of the reputation I'd say for being like very blunt. Like they're not going to like sugarcoat anything. They're going to tell you how it is. Like we're Midwest. We won't ever give you a straight answer. We'll talk in circles. And then at the end of the conversation, you'll be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you want? I'm so confused. I feel like the Midwest is like a very, I do feel like it's a very like happy, kind part of the country, but the passive aggressiveness is strong. And if you're not used to that, that can really take you by. I know. My husband loves to call me out on it. He'll say that too. He'll be like, that wasn't passive aggressive or anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I like it's natural, just like naturally comes out of me. Uh, What'd you say? Is he from the Midwest? Yeah. Yeah. We grew up like, five blocks away from each other. So yeah. Oh Oh, gosh. Okay. So we talked a little, I think those are awesome tips. Like I love that. And I even think we need to do that like for our own business too. Um, I definitely think like, yeah, you like define your values, but you don't expand on them really. Like you said, like that was such a great example. You're like kindness and you're like, okay, that's great. But like, what does that look like? Like define what that actually means and looks like within your business and how you're going to take those steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious too, what types of clients and people do you work with? Like in, even just like throughout the landscape of your business, if you've like refined, but I'd love to hear more about your clients. Yeah, uh, definitely refined. <laughs> I feel like I went from, I mean, you all might know, like, you know, everything to like, now one specific thing. Uh, when I first started, I worked with tourism brands and like hospitality brands, which is what I studied. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I felt guilty that I didn't do something. <laughs> so you're like, I need to give back a little bit. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything hospitality related, but I can work with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked with the, those types of clients. Then it kind of transitioned into like small business owners, um, creative entrepreneurs, side hustlers. I think that was like the big boom around COVID time. Uh, I think I started working with like lots of small, small business owners. And now we actually work with more uh, DEI, so diversity, equity, inclusion, leadership, and culture brands. So they do mostly like consulting, um, HR related things, uh, stuff around leadership, um, a lot of things around like equity and just like building belonging in larger corporations. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I Mm -hmm. think everyone too, I feel like if you niche down right away, you won't know what you want to do, right? Like you got to start broad and then the broader you go, the more you figure out who you want to work with. Like that's always been our opinion. And if you ever do find a niche, like some people don't find a niche, which is totally fine too. Like, and if you ever do find one, I feel like it happens because you have the experience working with multiple different people, which yeah. leads you down to where you are for sure. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think this has been like, I don't know, just so eye opening. Do you have any other like tips for our audience too, of just like ways that we can just make sure that not only just in our marketing, but just like business overall, just like can, I be don't better. know, just, yeah, be better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I know, right. right? Other than defining values, like, I feel like, are there, are there other things that, um, we should, and maybe it's even just like talking with like our audience more or just even understanding. Cause I, I even looked before we chatted too. Cause I was like, I want to see where our listeners are, which like Mm -hmm. the majority of people are in the United States, which is where we are, but are there ways and content and things that we can create to help like 
make our help our podcast grow outside of just the US, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I think even just in the things that you've said have like definitely resonated with me just in terms of like, just being more globally yeah, and what, culturally. And yeah. What types aware. of content? Cause we do yeah. have listeners all over the globe. Like the handful of them are here, but we are still reaching people all over the place. So it's definitely something to be aware of. And I think just even knowing who your audience is might be a step people completely miss. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. So a couple of things I would say, this is very broad. Um, so I can explain a little bit more. Uh, the first one would be inclusive marketing. Um, so this is almost like, this takes a little bit of a while, but almost like degendering um, language. So that I think could be a whole other podcast episode. Right. Seriously. Um, yeah. But kind of degendering, unless like you specifically work with like women. Um, so I've had conversations with clients about that. But if you don't need to gender something, um, could you kind of just refer to like the type of person? So I remember in maybe in like 2019, 2020, everybody started saying like um, womenpreneurs um, or like lady bosses, which is totally fine. I mean, you can say that, um, but it ends up closing off a lot, like a large part of people who might not identify as women. So it could close off people who are trans or trans people or um, non-binary folks. So instead of saying like, oh yeah, you know, women struggle with sales, it honestly could be something like, oh, service providers who aren't totally clear on the value they offer struggle with sales because you're missing your brand message, for example. And that also I think is just clear marketing in general. Um, so that is one thing. Um, the other one would probably be getting clear on um, the identities that your ideal clients have. So something that we do with like our clients is we don't go through what I call like this. I mean, we do, but then we go deeper. Um, the census type marketing information. So that those are things like, you know, demographics, um, age, gender, income, where they shop, um, all of those stuff. We kind of go deeper into, okay, what are the identities that they hold? It doesn't need to be like their Asian American, um, I don't know, eldest sister of three. That's like mine. Um, it could be <laughs> like, oh, they consider themselves um, high achievers. They consider themselves introverts. They consider themselves like, I don't know, the one of our clients today or not today, but earlier was like burnt out, uh, gifted kids who were in the gifted program. And those are like identities that they hold that don't necessarily always have to revolve around like race, gender, religion, or stuff like that. It could just be mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, I'm an optimist who, I don't know, is a Pisces, something, mm -hmm. those things. Um, and then I guess a third one would be, mm -hmm. Maybe just get a little bit more curious about stuff outside of like your home country. Uh, there are some really, really cool marketing campaigns, I think, or content that people make that don't come from the United States. I think if you just scroll on TikTok, uh, you can find lots of creators creating really cool stuff who are not from the United States. And like, 
see how they do storytelling, see how they kind of share their perspective, see what they're doing and see if it inspires something in you. I think kind of just broadening your perspective outside of like your local bubble. Mm-hmm. You don't have, I mean, I I love doing local stuff too, but like just to get a different perspective, like in a, a different, different idea, uh, different yeah. ways of being that I think can help. Yeah. Those are all very fantastic. I was sitting here just like in my own brain, like, oh my gosh, we could do this better and we could do that better by just like focusing on these three things Mm -hmm. within our business. I also, I was like, ooh, I actually think maybe like one duo abroad trip every year might be in order. Oh, let me know if you you come to stay. Make that number like travel. I know. I mean, conference, like I do love the idea of connect. And when I think of like connecting and going to conferences and meeting people, I don't even like, like I haven't even thought about the idea of like doing a conference abroad or going someplace abroad. And I think that could be so interesting, like, especially if you budget for it and like, you know, that you want to go be a part of like speaking engagement, whether it is speaking or just attending, Mm -hmm. I think opening the horizons beyond just your own borders could be really powerful too. Absolutely. Also, let me know if you come Come yes. on yes. um, that would be amazing I know. that'll be our first trip <laughs> I know right she's got a baby cooking so we gotta wait until uh, after that but then you know okay after well the, after, after the baby is like off the boob and we're good to go then you know <laughs> <laughs> then we'll be there yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome Bring the baby yeah <laughs> right we you were just doing a ton of meetups here in the U.S. right yeah. Are you planning on doing that again? I feel like I Ooh, wish that I would have was... talked a couple months prior because I, I would have been like, dang. <laughs> that was intense. So I just got off of my own, very own self-funded um, marketing tour. My friend was like, it's okay. Lady Gaga did a self-funded tour. I'm like, girl, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, Lady Gaga and Lady Gaga. me, Cassandra, are different types of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so yeah, I just Yeah, I just hosted a bunch um, on the West Coast. I am probably not going to host any in the United States anytime soon since I am not going back except for literal weddings weddings. (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but I would love to do it again it was really fun and really cool to meet like people from all over um and then just see like what people are doing in San Diego what people are doing in LA what people are doing in like Washington DC area and it's really really different like the cultures around small business are really different mm-hmm. around each area. And that's just within the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did, I'm like so curious about this too. So I just want to ask you like a personal question. Cause that sounds like an amazing way to meet people. Like other than just searching for other like communities that already exist, like you created your own, like how did you even go about, about that process to like, make sure that people like showed up at your events, right. When you're like traveling the West coast. Oh, that's a great question. So some people didn't show up. I was. <laughs> it's okay. That's life, right? <laughs> yeah. So Seattle didn't get any meetup. Like n- nobody showed up for that one. Um, but I'm sure I we think... have a few people I know from Seattle here and they're probably going to be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's through the power of the internet. Uh, cause we say that we are a location independent, like marketing studio. Um, I think that helps draw people in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a push and pull catch 22 type thing. Like I love when I see other, like you all probably have a very local potentially, I don't know, um, like network and community. And I'm always like, 
I want that. <laughs> um, but since I live abroad, it's hard to like always meet people mm-hmm. um, who are on like the same wavelength. So I've just had to do it online. And mm. thanks to like Instagram and like LinkedIn, I joined a whole bunch of Facebook groups when I first started. Um, I went to like networking events in lots of random different areas, virtual and in person. And that kind of helped the Quirky Pineapple Studio grow it's like global community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of also pitched to different, I guess different, not events, um, but try and find different networking groups within Europe, Asia, Australia, um, Latin America to connect with other people. So I'm always looking for yeah. like different groups where I don't live yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah yeah I, yeah mm-hmm. and I think people question that all the time of like oh how did you like get that opportunity or how did you like speak at that event or how did you know about this and it's like yes every once in a while things happen organically but it's usually like you did the work like yeah, you did the work to like join and research and find where to go and I think that can be a lot of people can say like oh you're so lucky you got to do a TED talk, but I'm sure you did a heck of a lot of things to get that opportunity. And it wasn't just like, oh, I just like showed up and they let me do it. Like, I wish it was that easy. I also paid like a lot of money to fly from Spain over to LA. I like pitch and I was like, okay, if I get it, I guess I'll pay for the flight and like the Airbnb. Right. I know. But, but those are things like people don't see the behind the scenes of like how much work it took to get there. And I think like, same thing goes with community building community is hard. It's hard work, especially in the online world, because we sit at our desks all day and you need to make a conscious decision to get up off your butt and actually like go meet people in person, Mm -hmm. especially post pandemic. Like the world is just so much more sedentary, I'd say than it ever was before. So it's like, takes even more work to not only you get up, but other people have to get up and show up too, which is like even harder. So I wish I was that way. That's, I think, why I didn't get any show-ups in certain areas. Right? (laughs) But, you know, I did what I could. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't control everyone. But, yeah, I think it's, like, much harder to get people to leave their house now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's getting a little better. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are so excited that we met you and that we can follow along in your journey now. So can you tell everyone else where they can go to find you? Yeah, of course. Uh, So you can check out our website, which is the quirkypineapple.com. And then if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, I have two accounts. (laughs) So you can follow the business, which is at the quirky pineapple studio. Uh, And then if you want to follow me, it's at Cassandra TLE. I also have a podcast. Can I mention that? Yes, Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's called I'm lost. So what? And actually, I think when you both were talking about like feeling lost, um, and like not knowing that's kind of what the podcast talks about. Uh, it talks about culture and identity and being a floater, somebody who kind of occupies in between spaces in life and what it's like to create based off of that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, We'll link all of that in the show notes so everyone can go find it and follow you. And yeah, thank you so much for being on. Yes. This has been so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.